Welcome back to the Rathacon Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we analyze, discuss, and gush about Star Trek II, the Rathacon, one minute at a time. I'm Chris LaSalle. And I'm David Stoker. Hey, Dave. Chris. Happy Monday. We're back. We're back. And uh, we're joined today by uh, a new guest, uh, Lee Hutchinson from the Nerd Party Podcast. Hey, Lee. Hey, how you doing, guys? Welcome. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited to be here. As I've, I've wanted to be here since like episode one. Um, I remember hearing about you guys. I think it was like on the Star Wars Minute listener forum. I was like, someone's doing a Wrath of Khan Minute. Amazing, you know. <laughs> so I'm a bit behind at the moment, but I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I've got with these Minute podcasts, it can be so hard to, to stay on top. So yeah, it's like a total treat to be on a, a Star Trek Minute podcast, I must say. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, appreciate you being here and, uh, and yeah, you got some good minutes this week. So yeah, I actually remember the controversy when you guys kicked off, like, why are you not starting with uh, the <laughs> motion picture? And I was like, come on guys, just let them do the wrath of yeah. God. It's not like you've got to stick to the stringent rules. Like how dare they go into the thirst and yeah, you can do whatever you want. You know, that's my view. I, you know, I was, ch- I was back in your corner early doors. Well, thanks Lee. We appreciate it. We're, we still think we're going to get back to, uh, <laughs> to the motion picture at some point, but um, only when you want to tap out of doing the final frontier, eh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We might just skip over that and do motion picture. <laughs> um, so, with Leon, does this mean we are now a global podcast? Yeah, that's right, Lee. You're our first international guest. Yes. So, what a pri- privilege! I'm, I because of the time difference, I'm doing this in my pajamas. So, I'm probably the first person to podcast with you that's wearing Batman pajama trousers. <laughs> well. You know, I happen to be wearing my Superman pajama pants, so I, I, I'm joining you there. Oh, uh, solidarity. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, great. Let's, uh, let's dive in then. So we're, we're going to be talking about uh, Minute 91 today. Uh, minute 91 starts with uh, Khan initiating the Genesis startup sequence and ends a minute later with David starting to say, they're on a buildup. David finally makes an appearance and everyone can see him. Well, now we know why he's supposed to be on the bridge. Yes. If he wasn't there, how would Spock know what he's looking at? Clever. Clever. So this is, I mean, this starts off with a uh, continuing with uh, the excellent performance of Ricardo Montalban trying to to activate the Genesis device, but with his badly broken body. Um, I know, just the way he goes through turning the dials, turning the knob, turning the dial, turning the knob. I mean, it is clearly so pained. Like he is putting everything he has into starting this thing up. I feel like he's putting more into, um, putting more into his uh, theatrical presentation of uh, Moby Dick than, uh, you know, as <laughs> physically hard as it is to switch on the Genesis device. It's sure as <laughs> hell harder to quote Moby Dick while you're severely injured. <laughs> Does yes. it make you? Does it make you wonder watching him, watching him trying to you know spin the spin the big barrels or whatever they are? Um, if obviously he's critically injured and in a lot of pain and is struggling to do it, but do you think how do you think it was you know David turning this thing on? Is it just a very simple thing to do, or do you think it, you do have to give it a good cork and twist and put your you know put a lot of muscle into it to turn those things? I think he. I think if this is like wrecking him, I mean when he got. You know, when the Enterprise fires on it, you know, from the last couple of minutes, he basically crawls over, pulling himself with one hand. I mean, he's got to be a mess. Yeah. 
feels like as well that he's probably used the the last of kind of his energy reserves to lift that metal beam off of one of his uh, one of his soldiers earlier on and like he doesn't seem very superhuman in this moment that all that kind of strength evaporated from him and all he can do now is you know use a machine to finish off what he physically can't do he doesn't seem much like a, a kind of superhuman anymore well that's a good point that he doesn't seem superhuman anymore. I was, I was thinking of that during the minute is this is like the first time we see Khan as vulnerable. Like in every other scene, he's either got this can't, you know, this regal presence or he's completely insane, but this is like him vulnerable. He's hurt. He's, he's just, this is throwing the last ditch effort into, you know, carrying out his vengeance. Yeah. And like, that's, you know, it's almost kind of that thing that he's gone from kind of the, the muscle man to, you know, having to rely on technology to finish it, that he really has gone from that kind of 1990s, you know, strength and muscle to, you know, the 22nd century. Okay. I'm going to use my computers and my weapons to finish the job. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I never, uh, never really thought about that, that, yeah, he's, he's, he's not a, He's not fighting Kirk in the engine room like he did the last time they 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 fought, right? It was it was hand to hand back then, and now he's he's just he's yeah he's relying on technology. I wonder if that uh that bothers him at all. It doesn't seem to. He seems still well. He's res- he's 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 resolute to 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 finish the job. That, that that's what I think he's the where he's gotten to now. Whatever it takes. Yeah, whatever it takes. I was I love as well like kind of in the broader picture of kind of Star Trek is that kind of once again Moby Dick appears in Star Trek and it'll kind of come out again next year and um, in a few years time in First Contact um, and like going to the well of kind of literary references in Star Trek is always a treat and you know I think Nick Meyer movies in particular two and six they go to that well so often of using Moby Dick Sherlock Holmes you know historical yeah references and i really think that kind of it grounds star trek in a bit of a reality that i always think of it in something like voyager or the next generation they talk about oh in those crazy old 1990 days or oh <laughs> in the 1980s we had this crazy thing called the titanic oh this is called tv but like in, in like the nick meyer movies it's it's part of the lexicon like they quote shakespeare as if it's just kind of normal as opposed to making a big deal out of it Right. Yeah, it'd be weird if Khan just started before he started quoting it. Uh, I mean, this is uh, from William Shakespeare, or this is from this guy Herman Melville. Yeah, yeah uh, it just right. It's just part of it. And I and I wonder if it was. I mean, obviously Khan is from the '90s, so to him, you know, just quoting Shakespeare out of the air uh, or right. Melville out of the air it would be no big deal. Um, you, you wonder though if. Uh, if Kirk and, and the rest of the crew, if they would be, had, you know, would have question marks over the head, like what, where's, where's he spouting this from? Is he making this up? And Moby Dick's one of the books on the Botany Bay, isn't it? Like when you see Chekhov, like kind of rummaging through, like there's a little bookshelf and I'm pretty sure Moby Dick is on there. Right. Yeah. And yeah, to your point, Chris, where you said like, would any of them know? I think the one who probably would know would be Kirk. He's got the antique collection. Spock gives him the book at the beginning of the movie. I feel like he has a love of that era, that literature. So he might, obviously, Khan is not speaking to him, so he's not hearing him. But I, I feel like Kirk would be the one who would, who would get it. Right. Do you think that would make that make the scene a little bit better if Kirk could hear him over the? You know, I, I thought about that as uh, we did. It was um, 
what was it? It was it was it last minute or the minute before where uh, Khan had you know basically said you know he's like no Kirk the game's not like if that had been patched over or if they could see each other I feel like that would have been a nice touch. I'm not too sure and like because I think they they do it in like Star Trek Six where. Uh, General Chang is quoting Shakespeare and it's pumping through the Enterprise systems. Even McCoy's hearing it down in the torpedo bay as if it's like Enterprise radio. And it, yeah. while it's kind of good to hear, it doesn't always come across as very effective that when like, kind of McCoy kind of laughs about it and the bridge crew just kind of hear it, just like it's just a bit of a nuisance as opposed to kind of being threatening. Maybe if Nick Meyer kind of chose to film it in a way, kind of maybe some close-ups on the crew as they're hearing it, as if it's kind of haunting last words. But I think mm. it's kind of just as effective without. Um, but yeah, I'm sure that Nick Meyer could present it in an interesting way, but kind of seeing it in six, it right. didn't make the biggest impact to them hearing it. Well, I think as much as I love six and, um, and we we have definitely seen sort of a progression of from this movie. Like I think we've stated it a lot of times, you and I, Chris, over the course of the the, the movie is you know the comedy in this movie is so great. You know it's, the jokes are are brief, but they're you know they're they're very good. And even the quotes from the you know the famous literature. I feel like as we've progressed through three, four, five, and even six, they've taken it to another level where they almost one ups you know each each movie with the quotes and the comedy and i feel like if they had gotten back to this where it was understated and it wasn't always in your face like you know he was quoting you know shakespeare throughout the whole battle and it's like maybe <laughs> maybe if he just did one or two lines it might have come across as more powerful like here in khan it comes across as more powerful if he had been quoting the entire book i feel like it would have been a completely different feeling in a completely different scene so you echo right. McCoy, you'd pay real money to hear him shut up. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I forget which one of you two just mentioned it, but um, uh, I was just trying to, I'm trying to roll myself backwards. The, what, what were Khan's last words to Kirk? I think it was buried alive, right? Um, because, because when they... And Kirk gets back on the Enterprise, and he he taunts Khan. Right? He never, yeah. He says full impulse power, and that's when the Reliant really accelerates after the Enterprise into the Motar Nebula. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. So they they don't they don't they don't exchange, or at least whatever. Right. The, the last time Khan speaks to Kirk was when he said "buried alive." Right. Mm -hmm. Interesting. One thing that's like particularly awesome about this scene that I'm almost so giddy about, and I'd be amiss if I didn't mention it, is like the beginning of one of my favorite pieces of James Horner music, Genesis Countdown. That um, I just love it when it just it's it kicks off really in this yes. minute and it follows it through the next good few minutes, and it truly is one of the best pieces of music to come out of Star Trek, and it's going to be kind of cannibalized in Aliens and other soundtracks for the rest of the days. That it's kind of this music is used again as like, I think it's called countdown in aliens. Um, and it's kind of one of those amazing pieces of trailer music that appears all the time. And it's like, can, can no one just use the, the Star Trek wrath of can version. That's the original. Yeah. version. It's, it's so frustrating to hear. Like that was a score that got the best original soundtrack and uh, Oscar nomination, but it all came from wrath of can. It's, it's uh, a bit of an annoyance. 
I, lo I love that he reuses it all over the place. And I think it just speaks to how fantastic it really is and how much it, it it's one of those things though. Um, I don't know if you guys find, I, I find, you know, they talk a lot when you talk about a star Wars movie and you talk about John Williams score um, and how it, it, you know, the music, uh, the music adds to the, adds to the story or it, it, it um, enhances the story. I find, I don't know if I find the soundtrack for Wrath of Khan like that. I find it, um, it's definitely a companion to the story, but I, I, I don't necessarily feel like it's, pushing it along and, and not in a bad way it's not a criticism i i just right. I, I feel like i can enjoy the movie and i can enjoy the music um separately and and uh, i'm not sure if i'm explaining myself no no i i totally agree with you um it was kind of a point i'd written for kind of the next minute but ah, here we are now um for me i think that the score especially with the the james horner one and it's the same with the Giacchino ones in the the kelvin timeline movies um like this score tells the story of what's happening on the screen it doesn't foretell what's going to happen it doesn't go oh the ship's creeping up yeah. <laughs> it's creeping up the music creeps up when the enterprise is winning the star trek theme is kind of more rousing when can's winning that music's complementing that like the music really does echo what's happening it's never ahead of the game it's never trying to lead you down a false path it's completely a companion to the movie and i think that's why it works works so well Agreed. Yes. I also That's love good. in this in this particular scene, the music fantastic, but I love how Meyer filmed this, where we start out, we're sort of far away from Khan, and then as he's turning the knobs, he closes in. But then as we switch over to the device, we pull out, and it's almost like an opposite, where we're closing in on Khan, but we're pulling away from the device. And I love the way that feels and how we finally get to see you know, as we're going to learn the Genesis wave and how it's all active and fantastic. Yeah. It's a good reveal. I, I agree of the, of the yeah. device. I mean, the torpedo, we've seen it kind of glimpses of it, uh, right. times, but really not a good, like, you don't get really good, a really good look at it. And even in the start of the scene, you're just kind of looking at the base and, and uh, but you're right as they pull back and it starts to light up and oscillate and do all the awesome things that it does and spits steam or whatever. Um, it definitely becomes an ominous, you know, an, an ominous thing um <laughs> my note was how come they never made like a uh not an action figure but a toy of the, <laughs> the genesis device because wouldn't that be cool to own you know like a, you know something you could put on your desk and it would light up and do all those cool crazy uh effects yeah, I guess in all the years and years that Star Trek toys have been out, I think uh, I always remember the first Star Trek action figure I got was a Dr. Noonien Sing one for a birthday, yet somehow I remained a Star Trek fan despite that disappointment. <laughs> um, like, you'd think if you can get a Dr. Soong action figure, surely there would be a Genesis weapon or something or as part of a, a set, you know, it's, it's pretty crazy. I'm sure they'll do one with the Eagle Moss collection or something. <laughs> Um, so I, I like the, I like also like the final, the final twist and click of the device, um, that actually activates everything. Um, the, the, the arbitrary countdown starts at three nines. I've, yes. <laughs> it's a little weird, but, uh, but I do like, um, Khan's kind of, uh, reaction is he twists that final thing and then looks at the, he, he looks at the countdown for, a few seconds and holds on there and it's almost you can almost see that it's his you know final it's his final moment of, of determination and he i think he's I feel like he's calculating how much longer 
you know, he actually has left and how much longer before he actually succeeds in, right, yeah. in wreaking his vengeance. Well, do you think he thought um, at that moment when he actually commits it that he thought it was actually going to explode then? And he's like, oh, no, I got to wait 999 <laughs> seconds to die? Uh, that's a good question. I don't think so. I think, like we said, you remember the uh, the instructions are probably on the side of the manual, on the <laughs> side of the device. It probably says you've got uh, yeah, 999 seconds, whatever. And let's see, what else? Uh, I, I, they cut to Kirk, and um, I was trying to figure out Kirk's reaction. He's just kind of sitting there. He looks, I don't know, annoyed. <laughs> I'd probably would be too. Like you've just kind of crippled the Reliant ship and you think, right, finally we can get underway. Oh no, come on. Now we've got yeah. the device. He's just like, we were so close to being done with this nonsense. And now we're still stuck here. We're still under the threat of death. It was just like, I was so close, but they've he's dragged me back in. <laughs> so yeah, so we get the Spock saying he's uh, a pattern he's never seen before. Um, which I don't know. Do you think that's a little braggy of Spock? Yeah. I've seen a lot of patterns. He's pretty smart. I've never seen this one before. I suppose and stuff, and it adds to the kind of a, the idea that the Genesis device is a brand new piece of kind of equipment and software. And yeah, like that's something that's totally alien to Spock. I suppose it's only, you only learn about it in the morning or the night before. So yeah, I, you probably wouldn't have had time to kind of compute all this, you know, global Armageddon pattern. Right. Yep. Very, very true. And then, yeah, uh, we get the display of the, of the, I guess, the wave, right? That's what he's, he's got up on the view screen. Yeah. Or the pattern. And, uh, and there we go, David. Now we know why David's been on the bridge. Just so he can see this and go, oh, God. It's the Genesis wave. <laughs> We're all going to die. I love how David's got the, kind of, the classic Oxbridge, Cambridge uh, smart student with the jumper kind of over the shoulders and the, the he's <laughs> crossed and stuff as if he's just kind of strolled out like he's just been hanging out with Tom Hiddleston and Benedict Cumberbatch. It's, it's so surreal to see someone in um, Star Trek wearing a jumper and then wearing it round their shoulders. It's, uh, it's very amusing. I, I can imagine that's, that's 100% got to be Nick Meyer with his, his love of uh, a bit of an Anglophile. Um, that he is bringing that element in for sure yeah <laughs> that's a great perspective i never would have went there but thank you for uh that insight see that's the joy of having an international uh <laughs> international person in i i'm giving you that perspective that's fantastic <laughs> but he is he's uh, like i mean we've we've i mean we've made fun of david the whole movie i mean from the whining and to the the you know the the sweater he's wearing i mean and then he just pops in with you know the most crucial piece of information at the most crucial time oh that's the genesis wave didn't you know <laughs> didn't you know um i love kirk's reaction to it you know that's genesis wave he just what and he his hands whip out onto the side of his chair uh this, this well my question here is is he responding to what david said or is he responding to the fact that david's on the bridge what <laughs> when did you get here <laughs> it could be both, been right. coming up to the bridge unnecessarily throughout the movie if it's, it's been dead <laughs> shipmen and now uh, long lost sons oh, he's wondering probably who's gonna be coming up through the shaft next yeah <laughs> oh man so uh, i'm bummed we I've, we've already gone through the whole minute I, I i ran out of my notes do you guys have 
Do you guys have more notes? No, I've even gone into some of yesterday's notes. So yeah, I'm, I'm well good. Okay. Um, Dave, how are you? I am fantastic. You're all good. So Lee, a question for you. Um, uh, do you remember, do you remember the first time you saw Rathacon and where you saw it and any, any, any memories of that first time you saw it? Yeah, um, I remembered seeing it as the sequel to The Search for Spock. Um, I was such a young kid that I, I got like the videos here in the UK and um, like, it was, everything was always out of sync. You were just happy to get like some Star Trek videos. Like, you, you, the TV show would be on, but you would, the movies were hard to ever get on TV. So I remembered my dad bringing home The Search for Spock first. And I sat down to watch it and thought, Wait, why is Spock in a torpedo tube? Like as if he'd maybe kind of fallen in or some kind of your childhood brain's trying to process it. Um, and then it was maybe like a year or so later I saw Wrath of Khan and it was always a kind of really appealing movie to like a young boy to see because it was like, it was rated 15, which is like an equivalent of an R to us in the UK. And I was like, oh, Ooh, a Star Trek with an R. Oh, wow, that's going to be violent and aggressive. And I remember just watching it as a kid and just being kind of totally blown away. I'd seen Space Seed and I'd seen Search for Spock. So I kind of finally saw, you know, the middle part. And um, yeah, I, I totally loved it. And it's it's been a film that um, it's kind of brilliant but frustrating that Wrath of Khan is like a regular film here in the UK, kind of on the, the kind of cinema circuit. It pops up here and there, you know. There was one kind of summer I had the chance to see it three different times, and I was like, well, I'm going to take it all three times. I even <laughs> yeah. went on a first date with my uh, my girlfriend. We've been together three years, and our first date was to go see Wrath of Khan retro screening. So it's it's it never gets old, or I never want to miss the chance to see it on the big screen because, you know, I'm never going to get, like, the search for Spock or Voyage Home kind of up here in the big screen. So if Wrath of Khan's coming out, I'm going to make the effort to go see it. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to see it on the big screen. I mean, I, I saw it in the theaters when, you know, I was 11 uh, when it came out and, uh, but I have not seen it on the big screen since. And uh, that would be, yes. that would be a real treat. Yeah, like I've seen it kind of maybe four times. Um, just recently in London, and like which is about 400 miles uh, kind of south of me, they did a, a Star Trek day where they showed like one and two, and then the next day they showed uh, three to six. And I was like, oh my God, I need to go. I, I like the chance to see some of these other Star Trek movies on the big screen. But fortunately, due to time and then realizing it would be a lot of money to go all the way to London to see films for two days and come home, I kind of sadly had to miss out on it. But um just not too long ago, kind of to celebrate the 50th anniversary, the, the Prince Charles Cinema, which is one of the big indie cinemas in London, they showed like a, a 7, 8 mil print of it for about a good couple of weeks. Um, so it, it's kind of a, there's a regular print of it, the 7, 8 mil one and a digital print kind of here in the UK. So um, kind of at least once a year, you've got the chance somewhere in the UK to see the Wrath of Cana. It's been a, maybe about a year now since it was in kind of, kind of Scotland I think it aired just like a week after kind of unintentionally after Leonard Nimoy's death so um yeah it, it still looks incredible on the big screen you get goosebumps seeing it coming out of the dry dock and the acting and you know it's 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 brilliant you know you get a good crowd and it's it's a special special treat as a Star Trek fan yeah for sure as you're telling the story my eyes are like bugging out of my head I'm like oh what that's awesome so you have so much access to it that'd be great yeah I always remember the first time I discovered it was coming to Scotland like to ever see on the big screen and I traveled like it was like an 80 mile round trip just go see on the big screen myself like I thought I'm never going to get this opportunity ever again right book the ticket and then like a few days after they went oh it's going to come to your hometown of Edinburgh oh, 
oh well fair enough i'll go see it again like two weeks later <laughs> it was i like well it's starship wrath of can you know it's like kind of you never you always think someone's going to take this toy away from me eventually and i will regret if i ever miss the chance to see it fantastic all right, great. Well, let's, uh, why don't we wrap up here? Um, so Lee, uh, do you want to share with folks where they can find you and, uh, and your projects on, on the internet? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Lee underscore Nostromo. That's like a, a SOS to Alien Minute to sign me up for Aliens. Um, you can find me on, I have a Star Trek Twitter account, Star Trek VHS, where I share like Star Trek VHS artwork from kind of here in the UK. Um, I'm on the Filibuster podcast on the Nerd Party Network. And you can find me on Earl Grey, a Trek FM podcast all about the next generation. So it's great to be able to talk about Wrath of Khan and not the next generation for a night. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, folks, you can find us online. Uh, we're at, on Twitter at WOK Minute. We're on Instagram as Wrath of Khan Minute. And we're on Facebook at the Wrath of Khan Minute Listener Federation. Uh, if you want to send us an old-fashioned email, it's podcast at Wrath of Khan Minute. Dot com and uh, we're going to be back again on Wednesday uh, if that works for you Lee if you can join Absolutely. us again on Wednesday yeah. awesome uh, we'll be back on Wednesday minute 92 of Star Trek 2 here at the Rathacon Minute what what